Welcome to The Horse, a show hosted by longtime Yukoners Dan Bushnell and Jenny Hamilton. On this show, we talk to a diverse collection of people about living in the Yukon, what brought them here, why they stay or have left, but mostly, we like to talk about what truly makes them tick. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show coming to you from the Yukon's capital, Whitehorse, or as it's known to the locals, The Horse. Talk to young men today. I try not to. I try not to. <laughs> right? <laughs> but so here's an interesting thing is, so this last partner of mine, I actually met him on Tinder. I'd never gone on to one of these apps that we're talking about, ever. Uh, I went down to Vancouver with a friend last July. She tried to convince me to go on. I didn't want to. Bottle of wine later, poof, I'm on it. <laughs> right. Weird how that happens sometimes. Um, So I'm on it. I'm swiping. All of a sudden, I'm 20 feet tall. Because everyone I'm swiping on, I'm matching with. Everything is just... Like, I'm getting messages popping up. Like, it's like my phone's going to bust. Because it's just so active all of a sudden. I meet this guy. I meet a bunch of guys. But I meet this guy. Not in person. Just on the app. Anyways, long story short, he says he's been to the Yukon before. He used to work up here. Yada, yada, yada. We, once I leave Vancouver, never met up with any of these guys, even though I was asked to go for drinks and things like that. I just kind of laughed it off and thought, well, this is a nice ego stroke. Decide to exchange actual phone numbers with four of the guys. Texted with all four of them for probably about a week. One, like only one did it kind of keep going. We started sending emails to each other, long emails. Like I'm talking thousand word emails, talking about hobbies, how we grew up, what our family dynamics are, Um, why we do what we do for our professional careers, all this stuff. Never once speaking on the phone, never once FaceTiming, all of these other things that we had access to. Finally, it comes up only about a few weeks in. What if I came up to the Yukon and we went on a seven-day date? If If it works out, great. If it doesn't in the first day and we realize this is not a thing, I'll go get a hotel room somewhere and I'll figure it out and I'll fly back early, whatever. So we flew up here and we went on a seven-day date. And it was amazing. And this was all based on just having emailed each other. The only preview he had to me otherwise was he tuned in sometimes when I was hosting on CBC. So we spent, spent seven days together. It was picture perfect. Literally, we, got a, we took a photo of ourselves embracing, kissing under the northern lights. And so then we started to do this long distance relationship, going back and forth, going back and forth. And then eventually, as the months went on, like, you know, I went to his sister's wedding in Mexico. I went down to Terrace and met his whole family and everything was, it seemed just like we'd introduced ourselves to each other. And it was a very different way of interacting with one of these apps because it wasn't just, hey, you up? And like, I met him for a drink and, you know, we had sex and then maybe talked a week later or something. We actually got to know it. This was actually probably even more of a foundation than I'd had with most people that I dated because we actually got to know each other for over a month via email and just sharing all this stuff with each other. Uh, Yeah. And so I think there were a lot of these expectations that built into it and it was so picture perfect that then I think the, the openness, I don't know. I still don't really know. It just kind of became the, 
the downfall of it? I'm not entirely sure. Because then, yeah, as I continued to communicate and, and be open, then it was suddenly like, that was too much. Well, you're still processing it. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, so it was, it was a very different interaction with the, with these apps that I actually didn't think was really all that possible. I thought it was a lot more of a kind of instant gratification thing. But then sometimes you wonder why people are on there. Like, are they on there to actually find somebody? And then if they do, is that a scary reality and not what they're looking for? Or I don't know. I think sometimes people go on out of desperation because they're worried they're going to die alone. Yeah. And they just go on there, not really thinking about what they might find. And then sometimes to actually be faced with a really great relationship is terrifying. Well, and you're rolling the dice. And then when it hits, you have to make a decision. Yeah. And then we get back into what you were saying about choice. Yeah. And then you suddenly think, I could go back on there and swipe and have a whole lot of other choice. Or I could stick with this one. (laughs) And then that becomes sort of the daunting question. Yeah. When, what are you chasing? Like, I think that's it for me is, and maybe I'm just too much of a romantic. I know my father's criticized me sometimes saying that I need to stop dating people and thinking that they're always the one, (laughs) but I mean, it's because I want to build something with someone. I don't think it's a detrimental way to look at something. And it's not that I just ignore all their red flags or their flaws. I just decide to embrace them for them because it's who they are. And I, it's not like I want to, change them um yeah but i think that that can lead to a tricky situation where you're asking for someone to do the same for you i always think that if you enter a relationship where you're asking someone to change then you don't like them because you know what i mean like then you're just telling them i actually don't like you the way you are yeah so i've never understood that if you think you need to change somebody leave Mm-hmm. Break up because you don't like who that person is, mm-hmm. you know, and we all have things we need to work on and we all have ways we can improve, but that shouldn't be dictated by anyone else. No. It should be dictated by self-realization and personal work. Mm-hmm. You know, I always find that tough, but I mean, I question Tinder in the Yukon, in Whitehorse. This is such a tiny community. Yeah, I've well, never like, used it here. You said like it it opened up for when you were down south. Oh, yeah. Right? And you were like, oh, my God. There's like, well, you don't know everybody already on there. I hear people well, on that's here, just it. Tinder like, I'm not going to, oh, look, it's Bill and it's John. It's John's brother. And then all of a sudden there's this, because I've seen seen it with friends. Friends used to let me do their swipes. Then it's this like pink kind of pulsing like radar screen. Right. Where it just says there's no, there's no one new in your area. Well, <laughs> Because you've run out. You've exhausted you've all possible built. options. And that is desperating to some people. I'm seeing them post on mm-hmm. uh, Facebook and stuff. It is so hard to online date north of 60. I feel like there's nobody else on the planet, mm-hmm. let alone somebody who wants me. And that's what was I'm interesting like, about going on it down south. Because, yeah, it was like, it was crazy, to be honest. It must have felt good. And, oh, it felt so good. Right. Like, all of a sudden, I was just getting messages from everybody. Right. And it, yeah, it felt so good. And they were all, you know, there were, like, different age ranges. They all did different things. 
because I'm in this big city. And what I know, because from chatting with some of them that I ended up chatting with for like a little while was that for a lot of them, this was the, the take the pressure off situation because it can be really daunting, especially in a city like Vancouver, where I don't feel like people talk to each other as openly as they do in like some other big cities for people to just go up to them at the coffee shop or at a bar or something and say like, Hey, uh, I like your backpack. What's your name? You know, people don't necessarily always receive that well, they really don't. but no. then to just, I mean, sure. It's a little shallow, feels a bit shallow, uh, to just go on Tinder and say, Hey, your dog's real cute. What's your dog's name? That's a lot easier. Is it also safer? You think? I think sometimes. I think sometimes because I think, yeah, as as a thirty, like a a woman in her thirties, I think I might feel a little more uncomfortable by some stranger just kind of coming up to me and saying, "Hey, your dog's really cute. What's her name?" Although I would still answer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think there is a bit of that. And for me, I think it's just that there's that it's nice to have that moment well, in the only experience I can refer to where I kind of got to know this person a little bit first. Right. I liked that. Yeah. And even even the other people that I still talk to. I mean, that just they just faded to black because I think I started to concentrate on this other person and because I flew back up here and we're miles and miles apart. But yeah, I, I liked that idea of just getting to know someone before. Right. Because we just hop into things sometimes too quickly in the dating world. And I think that's also why people just say, okay, well, what's next on the Rolodex of choice? Because maybe a lot of people aren't taking enough time. Like you even said, you were friends first. You, you know, you got, you took all this time to like get to know each other and grow together. And sure, there was, there was still like work involved and there still is to this day, but those foundations, we don't necessarily start with those the same now. I I do. I, I hear all the time, especially up North. Yeah. Well, definitely up North. Um, Nobody dates up here. Everybody just takes their turn. Yeah. And that makes me sad for my friends. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't. Like I was telling Dan earlier, if I, this relationship ends, I'm done. I'm going to have friends and my cat. We're good. Yeah. Casa's pretty great. Wow. You know, um, I read an article not too long ago saying that uh, while people are more sexualized today, particularly young people, uh, and when I say young, I mean under 20 are more sexualized today in terms of what they have exposure to, that young people are actually having less sex today than they have in the last 50 years. I saw that. Yeah, did you read that? Mm -hmm. And I am so intrigued by that because that certainly isn't the perception. Mm -hmm. You know? And I wonder how much, like, access to cyber sex, access to things like Tinder, access to like just being able to talk to somebody and talk a bit dirty or send a couple of pics has affected that because I mean, certainly the article alluded that that was a big part of it. And, um, you know, so strangely, I think while people feel like they've, they're able to be more open and more connected with people, I actually think that's arguable Mm -hmm. because, you know, if that statistic, if though if that article holds true, and I mean I did fact check it, and it was well researched, and it was a long time study, and that had been done continuously over the course of fifty years, and picked up in different ways using large sample groups, 
um, you know, I think that we have to accept that we are actually starting to not be as in touch with people and interact with people less and not more. And I, and I don't think that's a perception because what you were saying about getting to know somebody, I also did that, mm-hmm. you know and I mean? And I was, I was dating very, um, prolifically before I met Sarah and I actually wasn't dating when I met Sarah because I was so sick and tired of dating. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I met Sarah, she was like, oh, God, the last thing I need right now is another guy in my life. And now that I look back on that, I realize that we were both in this place of exhaustion mm-hmm. from over dating, mm-hmm. from dating too much. And I don't think that's the case today. But we used to have to take the time to go out and hang out with people and meet people and engage with them. Mm-hmm. And it could feel tiring. And today you don't have to do that. Yeah, and I think there are, I think there are a lot of people, especially around my age, as they get into, into their 30s, it start to feel like I need to, as soon as they get out of a breakup, they feel the need to, to hop on an app. And, okay, well, who's next? i got to find someone new. Yeah. And they don't give themselves a lot of time to be alone. Um, because you need to reset a bit and every relationship has its own lessons and will teach you different things, not just about other people, but more importantly about yourself. And you start to learn more. Well, in my case, I feel like I've started to learn more and more about what I actually need and want out of a partnership. And then of course it can feel a bit daunting when you do get back into trying to date and thinking, okay, well, I feel like I've set myself up better. But then even I will honestly admit that there have been relationships that I've started where, why did I sleep with him so quickly? Did I think that I needed to do that in order to get him to stick around? And if so, that's real unfortunate. I should think a lot better about what I bring to the table, that I don't need to do that. And I could wait six dates in. 12 dates in, 18 dates in. And sometimes I think it's, uh, it comes a little bit from this, especially here in the place that where we are with such a small pool to choose from. Uh, almost like you gotta nab them while you can. Which is interesting because it's such a small pool. You'd think you'd be able to go, we'll do this when I want to. Yeah, you got nothing else to choose from at this point. Well, no, but actually, um, <laughs> but obviously, men, it work that men way. here actually have a lot more selection. Like That's speaking true. as a straight woman, um, men have a lot more straight men have a lot more selection of women yeah. here. Uh, the amount of women that I know that are, you know, successful, uh, you know, charming, attractive, thoughtful, kind, everything um, that have had the same struggles as myself finding a committed partner is astounding. And sometimes I think it's because they do just, I mean, most, most guys that I've dated here inevitably start dating someone that's like a decade younger than me after me, right. <laughs> uh, which is fine. And you know, it's no judgment. And I always hope that coming out of a relationship with me, they've taken away some lessons just as I have coming out of a relationship with them. Maybe that's a bit hopeful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's funny because especially of late, I think I've just thought about it more than I have. Well, I, I would probably say over the last number of years, I've thought about it more than 
I have in a really long time. Because I think when I look back on it, I didn't think that I would be 35 and single. And I never thought I'd be my age and in a relationship. Like I didn't, I thought, well, this is the last three months and mm -hmm. then we'll be done and I'll move on. I'm, yeah. I'm only aware of the amount of time I'm in my relationship when, until someone brings it up. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you guys have been together for a long time. And then I'm like, oh God, yeah, we have. Mm -hmm. Because I honestly am blissfully unaware because I don't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. It's just my life. Yeah. Um, but now a lot of what struck me with that you were saying there and and part of the reason that I was interested in in speaking to you today is you're you're a thoughtful person and you take time to educate yourself and to think about things and to look at things and to try to understand the world around you. Thank you. But do you think that's common today? Mm, I think it can be. I think that there are a lot of people that are seeking more but i think that there's a lot of things that compromise it uh and that i know even stunt my own growth like i've recognized my relationship with social media i've changed it a lot over the last number of months because i started to recognize as you get into a space where you start to think you know i, I didn't think i'd be 35 and single it was becoming less helpful for me to go on Facebook or Instagram and see everyone's highlight reel and feel like I wasn't, uh, like I wasn't making the cut, you know, that I, I wasn't the one posting that we're due in six months or showing off a rock on my finger or, you know, being whisked away to some exotic locale with the love of my life or, or whatever. Uh, and I think that that is part of the reason why maybe people get a little bit lost because they don't, we compare a lot to each other now because it's so readily available to basically have a glimpse into someone else's life. Or the perception of, the perception or the perception of someone's like, life. We're yeah. due in six so months yeah. and I'm hoping it's mine. It's yeah. never on social no, media. And, and social media is very controlled. It is very controlled. I'm you a can, better person you, on social media. We all are because you can edit yeah. on yeah. social media. Yeah. You can edit your photos. You can edit when you pick up. I mean, and, and we're all aware of that. And that's part of what I think the problem is, right? Is that like, we don't live in a world of fact checking. We don't live in a world of, I apologize for my phone. We don't live in a world of, um, of people learning lessons. Well, that and, and we just, uh, yeah, it goes back to what I guess I was saying earlier about we, like we strive for this perfectionism because we put it out there and we craft it and we like it and, you know, we hit the screen and like it and we, uh, so we kind of think that it's what we're striving for when, you know, we're all imperfectly perfect in our own ways. And ev like, we're going to have good days and bad days and we're going to make great decisions and not so great decisions. And we're going to say the right thing and the wrong thing. And that's just being a human, but it's almost like we've upped our standards that we need to be maybe something more. And that's why even in these conversations that happen about anything about 
societal issues or whatever else. Like we just kind of bark at each other from the safety of our smartphones and, you know, tell people when they're wrong or they're right. And, and this, so it's this like extreme validation. Um, and it can, it can be a lot. It can just feel chaotic. And so I think sometimes people feel the need to act a certain way in order to fit a mold. And I know I've been very guilty of it. Uh, and it, it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting. Cause I think I've, I've wanted to be in the past, maybe the sort of supportive girlfriend or something like that. And now that I've started to feel like I just need to express myself, um, it's scarier. It's not working so well so far, but it will. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things is that people, I hope that people feel as it sounds like both of you feel like you can be them, that they can be themselves in their relationships. Yeah. Cause that's the most important part. And that's what leads to longevity. Cause you can't wear a mask for 20 or 28 years yeah. and, and really, really do it. No, the honesty is going to catch up with you someday. Absolutely. And I like, and I just like listen to you. I just hope because I mean, to me, it's very clear that you've looked at yourself in this relationship that just ended you've looked at the way you were you were in that relationship what you've learned from it and you've taken those lessons and are actively going okay i've learned something here i'm going to use this information moving forward and i sincerely hope that everyone does that I think it's the only way to do it because we end up, and I was guilty of it years ago too. We just end up making the same choices if we don't really. And that's what I meant about when people just kind of jump back on these apps, the danger of it. It's not that there's a set amount of time you should wait. It's, you know, no. it's not like you should be locked out until you're three months out of your last relationship or something. It's more just that, and everyone takes their own amount of time. It's good to just recognize what worked for you, what didn't work for you in that relationship how you feel about yourself. Why are you feeling the need to dive into something new again? Do you just want to fling because you just want that? Do you, yeah. Are you just looking for attention? Okay, where's that coming from? Are you looking for something meaningful? Where's that coming from? What does that look like for you? Are you really willing to put the effort forward and dedicate yourself to someone and something? Because that's what it takes. You know, it's not like every day should feel like work in a relationship, but some days will. And Work is okay. Work is totally okay. You know, it so, always seems like this negative connotation, but yeah, it's not. No, and I and it's like conflict. Yep. Conflict is okay if, if there's resolution, and yeah. if that conflict moves for, you forward. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like Sarah has this amazing analogy. Well, she, Sarah has an amazing way of putting things sometimes, and she was talking about relationships like a garden, right? And I mean, anyone that's ever gardened, when you first plant it. Certain things are not going to work where you put them the first time. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure that space out through trial and error. And eventually you're going to understand it. You're going to understand the yard and where things need to go. You're going to understand what will grow in what place and what will do well there. Mm -hmm. But if at any point you decide to stop watering that garden or weeding it or fertilizing it or trimming, you know, or just cleaning it up in the spring, your garden will falter. Mm -hmm. It may become easier as you go, but you can never stop putting in the work. You can never stop stop maintaining it or your garden will overgrow and die. You know, and 
that's okay because you know what? When you put in that work, it becomes hella fucking beautiful. Yeah. And all that work does is provide you with an ever-increasing source of something beautiful and sustaining in your life. And that's all everybody wants is something beautiful and sustaining in their lives. And they want companionship. And I think that's what sometimes we lose track of in relationships is that both of you want that. Yeah. And so while it's, it's something that, you know, if you're just looking at yourself, you know, you want it. You can't just have someone in your life to just give you that and you don't give them that back. Like people want to be like we were talking about before when it, even when it comes to trauma, like people want to be asked and listened to and accepted and cared for and then have that mirrored back to them too. So if you want a garden, don't go to the grocery store. Yeah. No. Well, if you want, or if you want a grocery store and you can buy cut flowers, but cut flowers die in a week Yeah, and they may be exotic and something you can't grow in your garden, but you know what? You can grow a fucking carrot in your garden and that'll take you farther than a flower ever will. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you had fun and maybe even learned something. The Horse is brought to you by Molotov and Brick Tattoos and J.L. Hamilton Productions. Until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and to others. This was a Brain Freeze podcast.